<clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Don't Worry About It with Neeks. And today we have Nate D'Onofrio or Dino. Welcome. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy to get it started. <laughs> we, exactly. We've been talking for like an hour about what we've wanted to talk about. And just to jump right into it, <clears throat> you were saying that, uh, that you played guitar. And so how long have you played? Uh, I started playing guitar beginning of quarantine like oh really actually was it even beginning of quarantine i think no it was a little bit into quarantine because um i i had had my bass since i was like probably 13 14 because mm -hmm. i i mean i had misguided ideas about <laughs> music at the time <laughs> so i was like i want a bass dad so went and got me one because i had great great parents <laughs> yeah and um and then I didn't touch it for a while. And then quarantine hit and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back. I'm going to play the bass. So I started playing it and I was like, I also want a guitar. Mm. So May hit and I was like, you know, it's my birthday. I'm buying myself, I'm buying myself my guitar because I know my parents aren't going to do it because they're, you know, paying for everything else. So yeah. I went and bought it. So then I started playing that, um, which I mean, you know, it's a good time. But I've been playing yeah. music since I was... Um, I think I started playing piano when I was three. So it was kind of just like there was a piano in the house. I was forced to take lessons. <laughs> so you have that. You had yeah. that in your wheelhouse. Exactly. Yeah. That's something like piano is a baseline for knowing music. I think that's probably the best, yeah, like reading and sounds. The easiest way to learn about music theory. And like, mm -hmm. because as opposed to, you know, you look at a fretboard or guitar and you have, you know, all these different notes and keys and things like that, and they all shift um, in multiple directions. Whereas with a piano, you go, the further left you go, the deeper it gets, the further yeah. right you go, the higher it gets. So, you know, it's, you see it all, like, it's like a book. It's like reading a book. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, doing a, Rubik's cube. A Rubik's cube. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think like what's a what's kind of like a <laughs> more complex. Yeah. So you kind of you run away from that that idea of like the multiple different dimensions and you just flatten it out. Yeah. So. Oh, that yeah. does it simplifies. So I used to play trumpet when I was younger and um, I played until like eighth grade, and that was it was weird because that's like a pretty complex instrument as well as in as you go up and then it's not like you just press each one and it kind of increases as you go and there's yeah. uh you know pitch of your of your lips and then also the different um coordination or i guess combinations of yeah. of um and your coordination of your fingers you know the combination yeah. of of uh i don't even know notes i, I don't know what the of it's not a key. It's on a board. It's not, I don't even know what the, the pieces, I don't know, but it's, um, I know what you, I know what you mean. Yeah. But, but learning to read music via that was, it was like kind of threw you in the, threw me into the, into the loop of trying to figure out how to read music and listen to music and understanding, you know, the, the structure of music and yeah. rhythm and everything. Um, and <clears throat> one thing just to, because we've been talking about rock for so long was about and like I've been talking about Jimi Hendrix for a while and like I've said told you was <clears throat> I've been listening to him now I I'd listened to him some and then I decided yesterday in the morning 
I'm just going to spend the next two days and probably the next week and a half just grinding out and just listening to him. I mean, it's yeah. not a grind. It's so pleasurable. He is amazing. And there's no question. Exactly. <laughs> Easily. And every time you listen, you could always find something new. Exactly. There's, that, that was something like I've listened now to Little Wing hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. And every time there's something, an element, it's like a two minute song. And every time there's a new part of, that it just like brings out something, something new uh, about him. But with regards to rhythm um, and also, you know, tone, that was something um, that we've discussed some, but that like he didn't have, he had the, the general guitar sound, but from mm-hmm. there, I mean, it, there was everywhere he could go he did yeah. go there was this this fluidity of of like not one image or thought of of what Jimi hendrix could do it was just like he's sick <laughs> yeah there's there's anywhere he could go with that yeah and i think like he uses you know effects but he also uses you know like his guitar in so many different ways that people hadn't really thought possible mm-hmm. people are always you know like oh play your guitar low so you, you know you don't feed back or you don't get that fuzz. And he was like, well, what if I, you know, make it feedback this way and then I pull on the bridge and, you know, I can just manipulate it and then I can make a song out of this feedback. And then, oh, I've got it feeding back. So now I'm going to start tapping on the, on the, on the strings and I'm going to yeah. use the wah pedal. And he's like, all right, okay, this is, this is good. <laughs> you just throw this shit out of nowhere. And people yeah. will just like, what? You can do those things <laughs> with an instrument? And yeah. he's just like, the way people looked at electric instruments were just like, you know? Yeah. There was kind of a simple, there was a simple perspective. And then he went, there's a lot more I can do here. Exactly. They're not entirely fixed. Before him, like you had so many great guitarists that were like, Oh, you know, I can play all these notes really fast. Like here's this cool lick. And like, here's what I can do with, you know, you know, it all seemed innovative. And like the sounds they were creating were innovative, but then Jimmy were like, you know, he came in and he just blew them all out of the water. Yeah. Like every kind of cool thing you can, you think you can make anything that you think is interesting that you think you can make, I can make that plus a thousand things more and I can make them better than you. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, and something I mentioned before, and like everyone probably thinks this when they listen to him as like, was, was that he, the, the song, as in, there's probably in his in on his band in the Jimi Hendrix experience, and in the band of Gypsies, it was there's a guitar, him, a, a drummer, a bass, and then the voice, mm-hmm. and then there's a background voice, and then maybe here and there you'll get you'll get an, another elements of other instruments, but it's mainly those four. Yeah. The the voice, the um, the guitar, the ba- the the drums, and the bass, and he went, all right. The music's great. So we got the first, the main three are, are kind of like what was the forefront of a lot of rock for mm-hmm. the most part. And then in the other sense, there was also a lot of uh, focusing on the voice and, and kind of drawing back the, the instruments. He said, all right, I don't like that guitar. And it was just throwing, he made the guitar, the voice and the rhythm and everything else as as one song like you could take out 
the drums and the bass and the voice, and you still have a great song in yeah. each of his each of his performances. Because it was a pure composition. It yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like oh I'm writing this part for this thing and then I'm gonna have a bridge and I'm gonna do that. He was just like this is what I feel. Mm-hmm. This is how I want to express it, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna tear this out of this guitar. And I will not hold back for anything I'm gonna try and do. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna just just rip it out of the guitar. Yeah. You know? So either it's gonna come nicer, it's gonna come roughly, and it's gonna come out regardless. It happened. That was and that was just, like and you could do it. That's something about um like my regret of having stopped just trying to play more music. Like I took a music class in college and I just I thought I treated it as more of an easy A class rather than trying to learn piano and really get into singing and figuring out music theory and all this stuff. Um, But that's like my biggest regret is expression of self through music. Like the fact that that is a possibility and that it can be done so well and so intricately. Oh my God, it's mind blowing. I mean, there's so many different, like I just listened to, um, you know, glass animals, mm-hmm. they're, they're, a, they're like a um, <clears throat> contemporary, but psychedelic rock band. And I would, I don't know the rock, but they're, they're like, they mix pop and they have a bunch of different things, but yeah, yeah. like, li- I just listened to one of their sets um, from a, fe- a melt festival and you hear, like I'd known their songs and then you hear them live and how they can change elements of them i mean hearing like i i I went to see the killers live in 2017 Mm -hmm. and listening to the songs like i grew up with the killers that is that was my thing for my first like 15 years of my life and then having gone and hear them and hear all those songs i grew up with and then hearing the new songs too Mm -hmm. all like the way they can change up those songs and change up elements of those songs to to be as in part of the moment and express that it's amazing. I mean, that is, that is something so unique about music in itself, like the vibe they can create based on what they're feeling right now and not what they recorded Mm -hmm. and how it it's, it's solely based on a series of instruments that are pretty relatively limited when it comes to sound. I mean, you, you think of, it's they're not actually but when you think of like a guitar there is a certain number of strings and there's a range within the each of those strings outside of that feel like you can go exactly and there's only so much you have but they there's so much room in reality to that Mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah i mean and i think for me the way that jimmy makes me feel like in terms of you know freedom of like expression is the same way I feel when I listen to Miles Davis. Mm. Like, huh. yeah, like when I listen to Miles and when I listen to Coltrane and like, because you know, it's taking, and I think there's, there's more elements to both of those, like, especially like the famous quintets of Miles and, and of Coltrane where they have like, you know, you have your obvious, like you have your saxophone and you have your bass drums. Um, and I mean, depending on the era, any number of other instruments. Yeah. Um, and just like, not only can those things, you know, you can 
go off and you can solo and you can make this the sound that you have with your instrument but the way that it plays with you know the other instruments within within the group you can make a whole sound that is just far beyond the reaches of what you originally what you can play on your own mm-hmm. and you know like it and there's there's points and like where you know jimmy's taking that and it's just him and he's just exploding it beyond yeah. anything that you can imagine and i mean see coltrane do the same thing and like yeah. it's just it's i mean so many people like there's people that you know there's jazz heads who would listen to that and they'd say they're like you're not gonna put some fucking rock artist at the same level of coltrane but he is <laughs> absolutely is yeah you know i haven't listened to Coltrane, but i listened to miles davis i remember listening to miles davis and going and, and now I, that i'm remembering when i was younger listening to that there was yeah. that that freedom sense of like it's a trumpet yeah, I'm gonna do whatever I want with it. Exactly, and it's, it's like amazing. That controlled, the controlled chaos where it's like, it's like there's that bundle of energy, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Here's where I'm holding it. Here's where I'm holding it." And it's like, "Are you ready for this? Are you ready yeah. for this?" And slowly expanding, it and then just bam, throwing it in your face. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, no. like Miles, especially when he gets into like the more let's call it avant-garde stuff, like kind of the, the weirder stuff. Miles' stuff is much easier to uh, kind of kind of understand uh, in like before you really really get into it because Coltrane stuff like especially when you get into like his later like because he was expanding like all of the the facets of jazz anything that you could think about that you could technically consider music he was trying to do it and he was trying to just you know throw it out into people's faces that stuff is like it is dense and it is not easy to listen to you have to you have to ride that out more or you have to have gotten there it's almost like a process it is totally a process and it's and it's sad (laughs) that it's not something that like is easy where you can just be like where you when you've gotten to that point where you can appreciate it even if you don't enjoy it but you can appreciate it Mm -hmm. you can't go to somebody well, it's hard to go to somebody who doesn't, you know, appreciate it or like it, or, you know, have listened, has listened to it at all. And you can't look at them and be like, look at this. This is incredible. Even though I don't like it. It's like, you know, you know so, why it's good. You know why it's good. And you can appreciate that. And you're like, yeah. this takes incredible skill mm-hmm. and this takes incredible talent. And you can't just give that to somebody who's you, you know, who doesn't know it and yeah. be like, appreciate this. It's like some guy, some guy who only listens to, you know, today's rap and trying to explain to them this. Yeah. Like finding the elements, unless they, they study music or they, they're very involved in music, but if they're more yeah. of a passive listener, yeah. it's very hard. Um, and it's frustrating because you're like, I want to be able to share this with, with yeah. people, but, you know, it's not like it's an easy thing to get. And that yeah. makes so many people pretentious when it comes about jazz. Yeah. What would you say your favorite uh, genre is? Because we've talked about rock. We talked about rap before the podcast and you've just mentioned jazz. So what, what would you say you're more, I guess it's not necessarily favorite to listen to just most. Yeah. I, I mean, right now this is fake jazz. 
fake jazz I, fake jazz yeah i mean well it's something like that is like it's it's been like yeah i mean it's been a lot of jazz fusion and a lot of like jazz rock because it's taking so, like the elements that i like of of rock and of um I mean, it's like it's taking it's taking all the things that I love about about rock and about you know pop music from that era, and expanding it past its like normal limits. Oh, how so? So like, say you had a song, you know, like a regular. Say you had a regular pop song, and it would be you know you had say you know four chord changes, and you know you had a fifth one in the uh, in the bridge and then you have like a traditional structure okay the music that i'm going towards now is you know it's like eight changes nine changes ten changes and it's like expanding it and it's like okay so here's all these different altered versions of the way you could listen to this song in the way that like you know you're augmenting chords and you're inverting chords and things like that and it makes every single step it's like you're listening to this and you're like, I can understand like, this is obviously this is not like pure jazz in the way that it's, but it's taking, you know, those jazz forms and it's pushing it into something that's commercially accessible and like really easy to listen to. Is this like artists from like today or is this? No, I mean, they're this probably is... around, but like, it's just, you know, seventies, eighties, Interesting. a lot of uh, like weather report, and Jacob stories and yeah. So what, what, um, I guess, I mean, you do play guitar, but like with that, do you find, like I was telling you that guitar kind of draws me the most, has drawn me the most or anything mm -hmm. similar to guitar. So some synthesizers, but some sound within songs that kind of draws you the most that you kind of have seen a trend in. Mm -hmm. That's a difficult one. I mean, for the longest time, it was it was like you know the talk box. No. Okay, so it's like a. Oh, I don't even really know how to. Understand. It's like a. It's like a, a, no, a sound. Yeah. Well, it's 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 almost like its own instrument. Like it's something that you can use with another instrument. Like a lot of people use a talk box with like a piano, and it's like you'll you'll have like a tube in your mouth and you sing, and you can like pitch things to whatever. Oh. Yes, yes, yeah. I like, know what this you, is. When you hear it, you know it, and like you know it immediately. It's like, I I don't know. I guess if I were to describe it, it would be like a da like what Daft Punk kind of sounds like. With like, it sounds like a voice, but it's an instrument as a voice. Yeah, is that were to make sense. The so best. That's, that's kind of what you're seeing. Yeah, and that was one like for the longest time. Me and one of my roommates. Anytime we heard a talk box in a song, it didn't matter if it was like, if it was pop, funk, it didn't, if it was rock or soul, like didn't matter. It was like, if we heard a talk box, just send it to one another. <laughs> because it's just like, it's such a really interesting sound. And like when it's huh. done well, it's like, it's like heaven. It's fucking, it's exciting. Yeah. I guess I don't listen to any of that, any music that would involve that, but I'm really curious as to how like incorporated those that that is in songs listen to um peter frampton uh frampton comes alive it's his live album from 76 
I think. Listen to Do, uh, do You Feel Like We Do. I think it's the last song on the album. Ooh, and you. he has a talk box solo in that. And it's fucking nuts. It's a solo? You can have a solo with this thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah. And he got his from Joe Walsh, who was in the Eagles. And Okay, yeah. And he also, like, I mean, he had a good solo career as well. But uh, he plays he plays a talk box on Rocky Mountain Way from uh, the liquor you get the it's not the, the Eagles. Uh, it's the one with the plane. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking right now. Oh, I'm losing. I lost it. Ah, it's okay. I have it down. Have it saved. Um, I have. I've got probably 20 artists written down here that you've given me. Exciting. Yeah. Very, very excited to be listening to these artists. Um, like The Doors, Coulter Wall, Rory Gallagher, John Lee Hooker, Freddie King, Albert King, BB King, Frank Zappa, <laughs> the King. all the, the Kings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Santana, Grateful Dead, Zappa. Man. All Cream. needs. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with like finding music, um, I guess not new music, but as in discovering what new, you didn't know before. Yeah. 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 Um, how do you, how would you go about like finding that? Do you kind of just, is it pretty random or are you kind of YouTube. basing it off of previous YouTube artists? Best friend. Yeah, YouTube is like a... 100%. Yeah. Because, I mean, because there's so many documentaries, like, because, okay, whenever I'm hungover, I watch, I, I'll watch a documentary. Mm. So I'll go over and I'll lay on the couch and I'll throw on a documentary. And the ones that I, the one that I most, that I watched uh, last time I was home was... Um, what's it called? It's called uh, "Once They Were Brothers." So have you have you seen the last waltz? Heard of it? Not seen it. Oh, you gotta watch that. You have to watch the last waltz. So that was that was directed by Martin Scorsese. Who is a and that incredible yeah. director? <laughs> and then, but then he also did "Once They Were Brothers," which is like the kind of the more in depth actual mm. documentary style about the band okay so uh and like i found them and mm. it's kind of like oh these these guys have been here my entire life because i mean robbie robertson is from toronto and like he grew up on the reservation just outside of where i live now mm-hmm and the other guys are from towns like they're from you know cities around here like hamilton and niagara and like all this stuff and then the drummers from arkansas and just like their music has always been around and i just never realized i never clicked never clicked to me like oh that's the band okay and like they and then you know so then listen i watched the documentary and i was like listening to their music and I was like, oh like I know that song. I know that song. I know that song. And you, then, you came to recognize each one. Exactly. 
so then you know they're playing with bob dylan i was like oh you know i never really listened to bob dylan i guess okay i'll give bob dylan a shot oh i took a class on bob dylan actually really yeah it was a senior like seminar i wasn't wasn't taken seriously but one thing i got was because it was a class it was it was a you can easily make a class out of bob dylan because it's not about his like quality of singing because if you listen to him his voice is garbage but well not always not always actually that let me let me get let me roll that back there was no i like for the most part for the most part yes there is there's one song there's one song and it's called lay lady lay Yes, see that's that's a good song and like good voice and oh, his okay. voice yes so yes. good on it and it just I'm like why don't you sound like that all the time yeah why don't you always do that why what is this but why I, portraits but what, <laughs> yeah you held it you, you created this and then you took it away from us again <laughs> yeah yeah there was but that was something like taking that class and realizing that there was so much intricacy in his lyrics. Like there's something else in music right there. Mm-hmm. Like Jimi Hendrix, what he said, I mean, yes, the lyrics are cool, but it's not about the lyrics in his songs. Like he's not yeah. making a point. Like some of them are stories or they're just, there's thing talking some about them, stuff. Some, like some of them are pretty cool. He's got some, some pretty good lyrics, but you yes. don't, you don't go, you don't go to Jimmy thinking like, Oh, you know, I really like just want a beautifully written song. Mm-hmm. You go there just have your face melted and have it <laughs> open to the world like exactly with know? the sound of a guitar exactly yeah yes and that's but something with bob dylan that like i've really appreciated and i didn't appreciate it when i was taking the class because it was also my senior year and i was yeah. in college and i just did not care <laughs> it was exactly. the second semester like no yeah cannot cannot yeah. give you the time of day um oh man but but kind of like an overview of it was very much that he he valued like he knew how to play instruments he knew how to sing but he said i'd rather dig deeper and i and that's something like right there with that that like i was saying about expression and that you're relatively limited when it comes to a guitar um strings on a guitar uh keys on a keyboard on a, on a piano whatever mm-hmm. you're still limited to words because you got to rhyme you got to have some scheme you got to have a general you can't just say you know water paper buffalo sandwich like it can't just be randomness there has to be yeah. some there's some, some structure yeah exactly and, and in that you're limited and even then with, and then again, like it's a song. So you're not just talking, you're not giving a speech. You're not on a podcast, but that's for sure. You're, <laughs> you're, exactly. you're trying to fit it in to a flow. You and still have to entice people. Like, yes, exactly. You can't just put it over some kind of garbage music and just be like, why don't people want to listen to this? Because <laughs> you actually have to bring people in. Exactly. Exactly. You know? But it's yeah. funny because Bob Dylan, like, you know, I, I, so I, you know, I, listen to some of his music and I was like, okay, like I kind of, I found a couple songs and I was like, I really, really like these. And then I was like, oh, next time I was hung over, I was like, what am I going to watch? I guess I'll watch a Bob Dylan documentary. Mm-hmm. And he has two documentaries. There's um, No Direction Home, which is like 
three and a half hours long, and it's narrated by him. And it's it, it gets a little painful sometimes. I feel like I should finish it, but I can't. I can't do it. Yes, it's a long time. Yeah, listen to Bob Dylan talk. Yeah, and then but then he has another one that's um, it's not even really a documentary, but it's it's called it's the Rolling Thunder Review. That's the one we saw. I was I was waiting for which one. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, and um, so I watched. So I was like, I gotta watch this one. And then it kind of introduced me back into Joni Mitchell. And then I had a huge point where I just listened to as much Joni Mitchell and Neil Young as I could possibly find. Yeah. yeah. Because it was just like, but then that really, that is what really got me into the sixties. That kind of pushed you over the edge into it. Yeah. Because it was like Joni Mitchell and Neil Young. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, more Canadian artists, like that's super cool. And like, yeah. people that, you know, I had heard growing up, but I didn't really get, and I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really into them. Once I was into them, I was like, I'm like, you know, I'm full, I'm full into this. And then going into Crosby, Stills and Nash, and then like Buffalo Springfield and all those bands. And I was like, in all of like the Laurel Canyon group, where it was just there's so much music in this area that I was just like, and it exposed me to every little thing that I was like, this is now my whole personality. Mm. It's just finding music from this era and just digging as deep as I possibly can and just like putting my fingers in all of the music pies and just being like, which one? Making sure which one, yeah, yeah. Like, and just finding just, just like anything I can find, you know? Yeah, that's interesting how you relate to music that I just, I can't, I mean, I can imagine it, but I can't like, you know, have that same relationship with Mm -hmm. when I I can totally, I mean, you can clearly it's possible, but I just have not. And um, I just wonder like what, um, what keeps you continue? Like I, like I told you, I used to spend hours on Spotify and SoundCloud just driving through songs and songs and artists and all these trying to find just new things that I hadn't heard before. Um, And I don't know, I guess I just like, it kind of turned into a reframing or restructuring of my, of what I wanted to uh, focus on. And I kind of just devalued music, but like, I still appreciate music. I mean, we're talking about music. I love music, but how did, how have you managed I guess you're not, you don't see it the same way I would, obviously, but as, um, you know, consistently involved yourself in music, how has that, how has that been maintained? I mean, I think it's just, it's been so ingrained in me my whole life. Like when I was young, like my, all of my siblings played music. My grandmother was a great pianist. My mom was a great pianist. My dad was an amazing singer. And it was just kind of expected for me to play music and to learn music and to sing in choirs and to, you know, you just do what the family does. Mm. And there's always, there was always music playing. Uh, there was just, it didn't matter. Like we, we didn't go anywhere without music. And it, it became to a point where as a kid, it was like, it was weird 
walking to and from places because I didn't have music with me. And it was like, even just getting to the grocery store and hearing like the elevator music that they're playing, mm-hmm. you know, you were just like, it was just, it was like every single point, it was like just getting from one point with music to another point with music and everything else in between, it was like, did not matter until there was more music or <laughs> there was music to play or there was music to talk about or music to think about. And it was just like, and then getting really into sports, I moved away from that until I kind of realized that I didn't need to sacrifice one for the other. Yeah. Huh. That's like, I didn't need to just be like, Oh, like I'm watching sports or I'm, you know, I'm like, I can, I can watch sports. I can listen to music at the same time. I can, <laughs> can have music playing. I can have music going all the time. Yeah. Or like, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter. What, like if I'm watching something, like I can just have an instrument with me and I can play. And it didn't need to be something that was like rigid and specific to like a time and a place and like, you know, or it it had, it didn't need to be like the sole thing on my mind. It could just be the thing that is just constantly, you know, at the, on the back of my mind, it's just sitting there all the time. So once I kind of realized that like, it can be um, the thing that's at the foreground and then you can just push to the back and then come back to it later because for so long I struggled with just being like, I need to focus on one thing all the time. And yeah. I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not built like that. I can't, I can't just <laughs> focus on a single thing. Like I just, yeah. my, my brain does not allow me to do that. Yeah. So better to bend, not break. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, <clears throat> that's actually my, like been my philosophy that I've been trying to, you know, manage was, um, exactly that, you know, having like I, for a while, I'd always have music playing. Um, I guess it my I wasn't like music wasn't as big of a deal in my family though. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. everything you just said didn't exist in my family. None yeah. of my parents, like my parents didn't play any instruments or sing or my grandmother did not play piano <laughs> she, yeah. uh, and none of my siblings, but like my siblings all played instruments. Um, but it was more of like a school requirement and yeah, like totally. did it. And then um, there was a, like, I hated my band teacher. Oh my God. I hated him. He sucked. <laughs> yeah. So that ruined my joy. Like I loved trumpet. I loved my, I had like, we had to do outside, outside of class lessons. And I loved my instructor. He was awesome. He was, mm-hmm. uh, he played in the, um, the Navy, the Na- the United States Navy band, I think or one of the that's Marine a, Corps band or something. Deal. Yeah, no, he was sick. Deal. He was, he would, he, they would have, um, like at my school, we would have these, uh, jazz concerts. Like it was like the, the school, um, school jazz band. It was even the school jazz band. It was just instructors like who played, who taught different oh. instruments. So it was like a guy who was a bassist, a drummer, a trombonist, a trumper, trumpet, uh, trumpeteer. That works. We'll roll yeah. that <laughs> saxophonist, and then he also played like a clarinet and electric saxophone. Um, like all these different, it's it's crazy. And yeah. and you would hear all these guys and like just phenomenal. I mean, it yeah. was it was crazy. Um, but yeah, it was never it was never natural. You know, it was never just a like oh music's playing, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that's something I've been trying to do more and more was like, just have a headphone. I mean, I can't wear earbuds. My ears are messed up. So, which is really annoying. So I can only wear over ear headphones. That is a shame. So that's, that's kind of a, a hassle and trying to have like just one ear over or one earphone over it's just like that doesn't really work you can't hear out of one ear basically and half the music i'm talking about exactly it's like you're listening in one ear you're missing three quarters of the yes exactly no there's a huge portion of that is like you'll get you know a series of like the the background music in one ear and you'll get like the foreground of the music in the other especially with jimmy and the yes yes yeah, not, just, i haven't noticed as much with the beatles but i haven't listened enough that's why oh the beatles some of the beatles stuff is really like some of the beatles stuff is so like you're listening to one ear and all you hear is like Dink. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait actually i have i have had that happen like, before you're like, what, what am i listening to <laughs> it's so yeah, like that's man, hilarious. for the longest time like they were just they were still trying to figure out stereo panning and like it was new technology to them watch the there's a documentary with um uh i mean obviously not with jimmy but um it's uh it goes back through the remastering of the three albums and there's like a there's like multiple different sections for each is it um music money my i can't remember if it's there's one i saw on youtube it's like a film that I, yeah, I, think. I mean, it's with one of the producers, with with the producer of um, of the albums, the sound engineer or, guy. Yeah, the sound Walter engineer. Kramer, I think is his name or yeah, something. Um, something Kramer. Right, something or, Kramer. I think it's Jerry Kramer. Jerry Kramer. Yeah. Wait, I listened. I listened to like a a little intro of that. It's like music dot 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 money dot 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 fame or something. Yeah, um, you might be right. And uh, yeah, so that's yeah, I have. Eddie Kramer, yeah. Eddie yeah. Kramer. So hey, that we, guy, he was dope. <laughs> yeah, but that that documentary where he talks about, you know, all the, they're like, he's like, oh, you know, just like talking. Oh, shit, what was it? I mean, there was just so, like, they went so in-depth into all of the mixing of of the album. And, like, yeah, the, the, just the engineering. And, like, he was you know, trying out new things. And he was like, hey, Jimmy, do you like this? And she was like, okay, go for it. Like, yeah 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 there was there was something about um that era too it was like there that was a huge kind of inflection point that went over like a decade or a couple decades (laughs) of just trying a lot of stuff um and it was it was seeing what worked and what didn't um that's the beauty of grateful dead it was like some of the stuff wasn't great some of the stuff was awesome and then there's all this like from bad to good in the middle. And there was yeah. like this fluidity of expression that just like, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing this. Exactly. And, and the, the beauty of Jimmy was he didn't miss no. or he rarely did miss. If he did not, I have not in my 48 hours of listening to Jimi Hendrix, I have yet to miss, or I guess 47 hours. Cause I just spent one hour on, on glass animals. But of those other hours I've spent, I have not heard something where I was like, damn, I don't, I don't know. That wasn't great. Like yeah. there was somewhere it was, all right, that didn't sound like regular of the style that he was best at, but it was never bad. But yeah. even then it was like, there was this 
this range of, of expression that they had that just, they were allowed, they were, I mean, not even allowed to because they opened a door. Someone opened a door yeah. in like late fifties, early sixties. And then everyone went in and no one knew what was on the other side of that door. <clears throat> but on the other side of that door was one thing that was opportunity. And it was just like this technological opportunities and instrumental opportunities. And, and then, lyrical and 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 then with overarching like expression just being able to try different things mm-hmm. um, it was it's crazy <laughs> yeah i think i mean so much of like the british invasion what it really brought like obviously great bands mm-hmm. great bands great artists you know but so many like technical discoveries were made because of that, because you had, you know, British invasion into America, all these bands exploding. And then you had, you know, all these bands in, in England that were being created that like they, and they wanted to make new sounds and new sounds and they wanted something else. So you had all these like boutique shops that were just like, Oh yeah. You know, we just make amps or like, we make these things, we make that, like we make these stereo equipment, you know, and they're just making it to sell to people that are, you know, that are making their own bands. pedals and all these things and all and so much of it they're like oh like if i do and just just messing around and it was like in i think the most famous example would be orange amps and like they you know they the innovations they made in like in amplifying Mm -hmm. are incredible how so I, i just don't know I mean, well, no, it's just stuff like that. Like you get, you get like a wider variety of tones and you can like, and you don't need to be slashing amps and things like that. And, you know, like full, like greater control over like, um, you know, over the different settings and like EQs of your, of your amp and things like that outside of, you know, what you can do in a studio, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just plugging it in and be like, this is what I get. And turn this dial, it goes loud. And like, it does this, this way, you know? Yeah yeah that is interesting i can't remember there was there was one really specific example about it um it was involving peter green but who about numbers thinking of um just reminded me when you were talking about music stars have you seen blues brothers it's been a long time it's yeah same but i just remembered i remember (laughs) a scene where they're in i don't know what city because i don't know they don't really it's, I don't think the location necessarily matters where they like how they talk or maybe they do. I think they're meant to be traveling, but they yeah. go to a music store. I think it's like a bunch of incredible artists that are there. And it was kind of making up like a, a reference to that age. Cause I, if I remember, I think blues brothers was in the seventies, maybe eighties, mm-hmm. but it was referencing to like the sixties, sixties, seventies. And there was, um, Oh my God. What is his name? Blind, like sick. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. I think he was in, I think he was in that, in that scene. And there's a bunch of other like phenomenal artists that are or musicians yeah. and, and all these instrumentalists that are playing. And, um, and it was kind of that, like just someone picking up an instrument and just trying it out. And then from there, it just improved and improved and improved. And it was that same, it was this like chance to, to try new things because they weren't valued very highly at that point. You know, they weren't, 
they weren't like I bet amps weren't that expensive back then. I mean, they were expensive in general terms, but as in what your the range of like how expensive an amp can be, as in how amazing an amp can be yeah. today versus what it used to be. I mean, you didn't have that incredible range. And so there was just always pushing and just reaching and reaching and reaching and trying different sounds and trying different modes of playing and tones and rhythms mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, I just remember you reminded me of the blues brothers and that just yeah. thinking about that, that kind Talk of like general, there was no set, like no one said, we're going to play a song. This is how it's going to go. It was like, someone hit up how many ways we can do it like yeah just let's see what we can start with and let's see what we'll end with and then i want to see the journey exactly yeah it's exciting and i feel like we lose a lot of that with music now because people are like well this is how i want something to sound so i'll make it sound exactly like that Mm -hmm. and you know you're not relying on human instrumentation you're not relying on other people who are musicians for their own creative input it's like I want this or this person has made this and they're giving it to me and I'm going to just throw what I have over top of it. And I mean, you can still get really good stuff, but it's lacking the human element. Yeah. And it just, you know, you lose all the factors of creativity that can be, you know, expended from, you know, Oh, I have this idea. Here's this little like lick or like, you know, I have these core changes and like, this piece that I'm working with and then somebody else is like, well, I can play it like this, but if we play it in this rhythm, you know, we can do this. And then you just build and expand on it. Instead you're getting, you know, cookie cutter. It's a perfected art now. That's, yeah. that's like, I've thought about this with, it, it exists in a lot of things um, like in soccer VAR for one, you mm-hmm. know, refing. Um, the human element, there's a trade-off there. There is, you, there's a broader range of, positive and negative you know you get a lot more create like with regards to art i don't want to talk about refing i don't care about that enough Um, but but yeah no but art um there's an incredible range of possibility i mean always you look at art as in as in paintings and as in visual art yeah yeah yes and then you look at as in uh, performance art with regards to actual music and then there's also acting and how that's changed as well um the problem is that there's like the negatives are also there's like a lot more errors you can make a lot more mistakes there's a lot more things that can go wrong you know voice cracks you could have a misplay um that's but part of the fun of it. that's exactly no i'm not i'm not arguing for I it know. here i think i think that's like when you look at what today's music has which is you know, with, uh, with rap, there's 808s, like these consistent beats that are yeah. going and are, are kind of rotating through and it's a conveyor belt of sound. You know, you're, yeah. you're getting the same That's- thing and you will not miss. <laughs> it's, it's, it really is. Sound. I mean, it's, it's as in, great. it really feels like it because there's no, you know what you're going to get. And, and like some, the only thing that's going to change it is a, a, pre, a certain pressing of buttons and a certain lever changes and stuff, but there's never a, like, you're not going to slip. If you miss press a button, like you can just go back and then repress the right button mm-hmm. on stage. You can even still like cancel that out. But if you misplay like the drums or you miss, you miss, um, 
misplay a uh, an error, any any sort of error, yeah, or a note, anything really like um, say air. What is it? An instrument, you know, you have to blow into, (laughs) (laughs) or like even a guitar strum, like you miss something, and there is there is a there's there's a lot like weighing on that, but it's the sick thing is when you misplay it, it's what can be done with that misplay where you can change directions. Mm -hmm. And that's something that like it balances, this balances itself out. And I think now we, like you said, it's cookie cutter. It is, it is this generalized more, I don't want to say simple because there have been some incredibly intricate uh, beats and, and all these different sounds that are being made today, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's it's hard to say what like exactly it is but there's there's it's lacking exact what it really is is lacking the human element um i mean anyone can not to bash any artist because i can't do it but like to say you know you get two producers you could probably get similar sounds nowadays of of two rapping producers you get a Mm -hmm. general beat maybe uh differentiations are found obviously i think there's always there's always going to be a difference in in one person versus their other styles Mm -hmm. um but there's a lot less of of that like fluidity no i don't want to say fluidity but there's like a just openness of of sound Um, yeah i'm still stuck on that because the conveyor belt thing (laughs) when you say openness of sound you're totally right because everything is like it's mixed to fill every ounce of space that you can. So there is no, there is no, like there is no open space in music. There's always something there. And when it's there, it's right in your face. And so you're getting this flat wall of sound that's just, you know, railroading you. Yeah. And, you know, Obviously, they can have a good effect in that, you know, it, gets, it sounds really clean and it sounds good, but a perfected heart is completely useless because if something is perfect, then it's not art. And it, then it, it's like, it's one of those, it's so perfect, it's not. You're like, eh, this is, it's almost yeah. meh. Like they did it right, but. <laughs> What's the point of doing something like that right? Yeah, there is like it should, there shouldn't be a right way to do something. Yeah, when it comes to, when it comes to an artistic process, like you can nail a performance, but absolutely, you know, it'll never be exactly perfect. It'll like there'll always be something that's not quite exactly perfect, and that's good. It reminds me of um, like what I was telling you about uh, Jimi Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock. Mm-hmm. that's like a five minute thing and there's points where he doesn't even it doesn't even sound like the star spangled banner but it's it is not like anything it just sounds it's like amazing blank. it's just <laughs> noise but it but it's not noise it's sound it's mm-hmm. sound and it's expression and, and that sculpted. was like hmm? it's sculpted sound it's something it's, yes yes you, you're like somebody can listen to it and just be like what is that it's just garbage then you're like, no, he's he's trying to make that. He's sound. doing that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. And that to make that sound is so difficult. Oh, yeah. It's not just like anybody can just be like, oh, like I have this, like, you know, slightly microphonic, you know, like I'm just going to play really loud and just into my monitor and just see if it'll feedback. And then I get like, no. No. 
it's so difficult yeah i think it's one thing is like so going like with that song it starts you know he, he starts with it he's like the general now 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 and then it's and then there's like the high note where it's like now and then he he kind of takes off mm-hmm. and it's like you he there's a road and then he hit a jump and between the jump and the landing there's anything that could happen he could do a thousand flips he could he could jump off of the bike and jump into a car and then into a truck and then in back into the bike like there is so much opportunity in the air which is in this space of of uh of performance of being able to have the instrument in your hand and actually doing something that is not on a script is mm-hmm. not um you know cut yes it's not it's not cut down by time you know it's not cut down by anything it's just said like here's an hour do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> and exactly and it's and that's like when you see i remember the first time i heard i heard it um, specifically that the Star Spangled Banner. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but yeah, the Star Spangled Banner, like he, he, uh, the first time I was like, this is weird. This is weird. I don't know. And it's then it, month. and then it, it like, months. it hits. There's like a point where I was like, oh, it's supposed to be weird. And it was, there wasn't like, and it's not even that, it's not even that it's supposed to be weird, you know, in quotes. It's actually that you're not supposed to have a presumption of what he is doing. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to have this predisposed thought. It was just, all right, you might hear little bits of the general Star Spangled Banner, but mm-hmm. it's going to just be a guy ripping the guitar and exactly. he's going to do it however he wants. And it's going to be great. Like um, mm-hmm. he plays, uh, we were talking about Mau- when he performs in Maui, mm-hmm. his voodoo child. I think that the Voodoo Child performance, I think it's like seven minutes long or something or five minutes long. Yeah. And and it's like there's there's probably f- two minutes or so in total where it's just him playing the guitar. You just hear the drums going over and over and over and, and it's on beat and it's actually keeping up with what he's doing, mm-hmm. but he's straying from what the original song is, but still somehow it makes sense. You know, there's yeah. somehow there's this, this, connectedness to it yeah yeah it's humans man <laughs> humans <laughs> on instruments yeah and that's part of it's part of what makes it yeah part Exciting. of what it makes it exciting. that phrase is so hard <laughs> makes it exciting yes yeah. makes it exciting thank yeah. you i said to hear it now i can say it yeah it's one of those um semantic satiation it's like when you say a word or like a sentence what? or something you ever heard that? You say no. a word, dude, semantic satiation. When I heard about it, I remembered how many times, like there's sometimes you'll say a word or something and you say it enough times that it just has no meaning and it okay. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Not yeah, necess- yeah. That wasn't necessarily the case of it, but it just reminded me of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Yeah, um, I, never, I never heard the term. I mean, I've experienced it in my life. Is <laughs> Yeah. It's like, like, like walk, and then it's like walk, walk, walk. What the fuck to, is walk? Try to pronunciate all of the consonants in it. Like, yeah. Walk. Especially when you read it over and over again. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't make much sense. 
Uh, yeah. There's um, I, w- I had a question written down that I just remembered about how we were talking about, you know, the what music has developed into. Um, and one thing is like, where do you see music going from here? You know, we've involved technology so much that technology is perfect as in it does not miss when it does something. You tell it to do something, it will do it. Yeah. Um, but when you tell a person to do something, they might fuck it up. <laughs> you know, there's, or they so might do it something. differently. So yeah. where do you see that going? I mean, I don't know. I think it's really interesting because now more than ever, there's more people making music. Yeah. There's more people putting out music. Um, and you kind of have this interesting, because you'll see a lot of modern artists, especially that are like really popular right now. Not so much, not so much like you're, real pop artists but like specifically what i always think of is like currently phoebe bridgers mm. and taylor swift's last two albums so um what's it called folklore. evermore and folklore yeah yeah and those albums they're not perfect i haven't listened to them so i wouldn't but, know but they're like you know they're they're performed by people they're not like they're not, you know, created to a click track and all this stuff. It's just like people making music and it's they're in there with their band and they're playing it and it's not perfect. Mm. And I think we're getting closer, like closer to going back to that natural method of recording. And then, you know, there's more and more people. And like, I think I've, I, it all depends on country music. Because Nashville is the driving force behind music industry. They make all of the money. They have the most recording studios. They have the best producers. They have the best songwriters. And, you know, they, they, dominate, they dominate the radio and they, they dominate the music industry. So unless Nashville, like... Disintegrates. Unless, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to continue that way. And Nashville has always had, it's always been formulated since the time of like Hank Williams. Like I'm talking like Glenn Campbell formulaic. And it's really, and it's like, you know, we want you to, these are the songs that have been written for you. Same thing, you mean, same thing you get with, you know, with Motown, like original mm-hmm. Motown. You know, they're, you know, they're writing the songs for you. They're playing they're, for the most part, they have like a house band that's playing all the instruments for you, you know, and they have multiple people taking cut of all the songwriting credits. Like I saw one that was like, um, it was a Justin Bieber song from recently. It was Rick Beato doing a breakdown. He's like, you know, Justin Bieber ripped off Toto from this album, from like, from this song from Toto 20, which came, <laughs> out, which came out like 96. <laughs> so like and he's just, just like random like, yeah but it was the thing is like the chord changes it's just like pop chord changes so it's like unless something changes like it's going to be those same chord changes and eventually we're going to be recycling melodies is it possible that they heard the song and they're like let's recreate that song probably not between nine people writing a song yeah. you think one of them would be like maybe let's not copy the song so it's more likely that it's just like 
those chord changes and that melody is so ingrained in pop music that eventually we're going to be recycling things. So something's going to have to change. Yeah. I was thinking about um, a couple of things. One, you were talking about Nashville. Like I, I, I forgot about the fact that Nashville is like an incredibly massive host of the music world, but like, Something I'm seeing now is LA is huge now with with like I mean, pop and uh, it's always been big with just like celebrities generally. Yeah. But I think but it's becoming a huge music place. I think um, more so, and this is this is just like from a more broader perspective, but more mm-hmm. so in rap. Um, yeah. And the interesting thing about rap is that as a genre pretty new um as far as rap i mean as far as genres go you got um you got the that's probably the 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 least aged and so that's like the one that i see i don't know where that one's gonna go next Mm -hmm. for all i know i'm actually it made me think like there could be a recycle a recycling as there has been there's been a lot of recycling of of um previous like 90s rap being into the in er, in today's rap um and there's been a lot of because you can only get so many beats and you can only get so many sounds and you can only get so many chord changes and all these things and so you can you can really like once you start with that you have these foundations it seems like they kind of circulate back yeah um it just we haven't seen it do it fully with rap yet um Mm. so that one's a, that one's a tougher call to make, but I would definitely agree with that. Now that I, th- I mean, as like I never considered it that way, as in seeing seeing those. Th- there's like a general trajectory of music, um, and that they there's just a recycling of stuff. But, um, I guess with <clears throat> something else I was thinking about too was like you you mentioned Phoebe Bridgers and Taylor Swift. Someone else who I thought about who I just because I. I mean, he's my favorite artist, Tatum Paula, but also having listened to his interviews, he never fully finishes an album. There's never a point where he goes, all right, I'm done. This is good. Yeah. There's always, it's always a work in progress. It's always like, I, it's, it's, you give me a deadline and then whatever, ha- whatever it is at that point, you're going to get. Yeah. And I think that's um, something that we see in, in a lot of artists actually is that, you know, you're perfectionists. They are, it is a sound. It is purely subjective. So Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as good enough. There's no such thing as perfect in, in what a sound should be. I mean, these songs are are pretty original. Um, Yeah. And you're, you're not getting like a cover of songs and stuff, you know, you're getting, you're getting a new version and something that um, I definitely appreciate now that you bring it up was that there is going to be a recycling, but there is still going to be imperfections. And there is yeah. going to be like, I, like I told you that I listened to every Tame Impala song and I have said, I don't hate any of them. That being said, I do know which ones I'm like, eh, not great, yeah. but I've still can sit through them without yeah. a doubt. Um, I mean, that that's and not even sit through them, but sit through them and appreciate that. Um, I think that's something that is uh, is important in a lot of music 
being able mm-hmm. to, like you were talking about um, Coltrane, you know, being able to just listen to it and say, holy shit, this is sick. It's not my kind of music, but this is sick. This is yeah, really exactly. good. Um, and I think that's, that's harder to see today though. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that I know, and even me, I'm, I'm uh, subject to this sometimes too. I try not to though, but it's seeing it through your own lens, you know, seeing it from, well, I only like this kind of music, or like I said, I, I stick more with guitar. So mm-hmm. if I were to hear a saxophone, I'd be like, no, but yeah. actually I go, hold on. That's a cool sound. And they're yeah. finding range and finding certain um, intricacies within that, within that instrument that I really could not have found um, if, I had, if I had stuck within my, my little bubble. circle. Yeah. My little bubble. Yeah, I, but I think, I mean, I think it's different between like your lens of experience and your lens of enjoyment, because a lot of people, they tend to think they're like, Oh, I'm looking at things through my own lens. And they think, see things as like, oh, these are the things that I enjoy. And I see things through this veil of like, this is my enjoyment stuff. And if it doesn't fit within my blinders, I, it gets disregarded. Yeah. As opposed to, um, what was the first lens I mentioned? Not the lens of enjoyment, but the lens. Experience. The lens of experience. Yeah. Whereas like you, you recognize you're like, oh, like these are the things that I've experienced. And here's something that I haven't experienced. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to look at it and go, okay, I, this isn't what I have experienced, but we're going to dip our feet in and see if we're going to try something new. Yeah. And, you know, because your lens and like what you've experienced in your life can affect so much about, you know, what music you listen to and, you know, the type, like the topics and the things that you gravitate towards. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Not limiting yourself to, certain genres or ages or being more explorative i think that's um a goal of mine i think throughout music is like yeah i'll stick to a trend you know i'll 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 see a lot of um consistencies in what i like um but that changes too you know like i didn't like i didn't actually no i knew who tim paula was i never listened to him till March. No, actually, I think in the summer, I really got into him. Yeah, no, it was a very quick, my friend, Alan, shout out. He's been on the podcast too. He, um, we were hanging out and he, he was like, man, you got to listen to him and Paula. And he sent me like four videos. Just one, like was a recording. It was like a two and a half minute one from his channel. And it's like him, um, recording us or building up a song because it's all himself um it's all kevin parker and it's uh it's just so cool to see and then there's a couple other ones that he sent me and and i listened to that and i watched and i was like oh this is pretty dope and then i just started i just pressed play and i and i put up every single song from his from the the main songs from each album Mm -hmm. and um i fell in love i mean it was i never had any sort of artist resonate with me like that yeah. It was very weird because I had not, I was not into psychedelic rock at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I had noticed the guitar thing. I had noticed like, yeah, I like guitar. I like how it sounds and I like what it can sound like. And I like how it can mix with different, um, different instruments. But man, when, when that happened, 
it's like jesus that was that was a revelation (laughs) yeah it really hits you that was the way i mean because i for the longest time i was only listening to rap Mm, same and it was like it was you know very specific but what i liked and i liked really aggressive rap like i was a lot of 50 cent a lot of game um you know a lot of freddie gibbs and like i that's what i liked and like you couldn't get that stuff on the radio and the car that i was driving at the time it you know it had a cd changer and that mm-hmm. and like a radio and that's it like i couldn't even there was no oxford yeah. there wasn't even a tape deck that i could put one of those tape oh the tape things. ox yeah so i was like i was kind of shit out of luck and i was just like okay what am i gonna do and i was like well okay let's go to what i because i was like i can't stand pop radio i was just like i was so humanly top 40 it. yeah and like <laughs> it's well, awful i kind of grown to appreciate some of it oh yeah yeah you appreciate it but it took me a long time to get back to that when you strive for something not that you're like god damn it it's the same like 10 songs yeah you just like growing out of that and like growing out of being okay with that yeah there was a long time where i was like this is what's on the radio and i'll just okay yeah but then i was just kind of i was like you know it's like i don't want to listen to this i cannot listen to this so I was like, okay, well, what do I like? And I was like, I'll just switch channels, see if I find something I like. And then it was um, it was Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. And just, just jumped in. And the drums, and I was just like, I was like, oh, I know this song because I had heard it so many times, but I never really realized that. I was, I didn't realize like, oh, this is Led Zeppelin. Mm. And I was like, so I was just singing along and I was just oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognize like, him, yeah yeah and you just and you're going and just and it's lyrics you can scream and i was like fuck yeah sweet and i was like who is that by so i'm like i'm pulling into the driveway and i'm like she's in and i was like oh that's led zeppelin because my parents they didn't listen to that kind of music at all so i was never exposed to anything like that because they were you know they were like soul and funk kids growing up both of them so they were listening, you know, Gap Band, Daz Band, you know, all these guys. Like, it's just things that were, you know, you know, great grooves, like super funky and super fun. But it was not Zeppelin. It was no, the thing you could find. It's a total Zeppelin. different vibe. Yeah. But I mean, so I just saw it. And my parents are always, because they would always make jokes about guys that they went to high school with that were like oh you know i really like the zeppelin they've got their like you know they've got their freaking plaid lumber jacket on and they, yeah. and they go to a party and they sit down and they they yeah zeppelin and they drink their shitty beer and they <laughs> hated those guys they hated those guys so i always associated zeppelin with that but i didn't like so then i was like i was like you know what? like i'll secretly like listen to this and i was like you know i won't tell my parents and i was like oh it's kind of hell it's kind of fun and then, you know, I really listened to it. And I was like, this is great shit. Mm. And then as soon as I heard, like, I listened to all of that first album. And this is the most intense feeling I've ever felt. Because I was laying in my bed and I had these headphones. And they, like, they sit perfectly in my ear. And they've got a great sound and a great bass. And, like, really well-defined sound. And just laying down and just closing my eyes. And just listen to it. And each one is like, and the dynamics of it, it just waves washing over you. Mm. And then it just like compresses you. And it feels 
and it literally felt like I was floating. Like it was what I would, because I, I can't smoke, but it just makes me anxious as hell. But like, that's what that's I what being high imagined is like. And I was like, this is what high being high should be. Yeah. And I was just, cause it literally, I'm just laying down and I just feel it in my body. And it's just like, and it feels like I'm just being like pushed off of it. Not even like I'm being raised up. I'm being no. pushed away. Yeah. And I was just like, this the weight is- of your body was not a thing anymore. Exactly. I was like, this is what I'm missing. This is yeah. what I'm missing. And that's I, amazing. Yeah. And I listened to, yeah, I listened to all seven of those albums for, I listened to them each 300, 400 times. Wow. Yeah. Just over how many like days, weeks, months? Over, over last year. I listened okay. to, I listened to, um, what's it called? All of those seven albums, like 400 times a piece. Wow. Yeah. And then once I had kind of like, I, I was getting used to them, I was like, yeah, it's good. I want to find more stuff. And then I was just like, okay, well, if that was different about Zeppelin, like, because my parents, they didn't like the Beatles, they didn't like them at all. Mm. So I was like, well, then what about the Beatles? Yeah, because so, you got to go against your parents sometimes. Yeah, so then I just, all of those albums, I was everything about them. I was like, you know, I'll, so I, you know, I listened to them all and I just like went through them as fast as I could. And I was just like, just was just immersed myself in it just because of that Zeppelin, like just because of Black Dog and that Zeppelin album. And just like. You felt like that was probably the best way to do it was immerse yourself. Yeah, I was literally. I was like, I was damn, like, I should do that. that. No holding back now. Just, just, just like listen to as much of it as you possibly can, and just explore as much of it as you can. Find as many artists, find as many sounds as you like, find as many cool things, and just like, just really throw yourself into it. God damn. Yeah, I guess that's my missing piece. <laughs> I realized <laughs> because first time Tame Impala fully immersed and now he's my favorite artist now Jimi hendrix now he's probably my next favorite artist and i'm doing the same thing that i've done to both and it seems like if i were to want because i i've like i know these names you've brought up i've heard of them i've heard a a song or two like i know the beatles are good but i don't actually know the beatles are good based experientially or i know led zeppelin's good but I haven't actually listened to them. I have tried listening to the Beatles because so many people in my life, they were just like, especially when I'm young, they're like, oh, you got to try, like, you got to listen to Beatles to really understand, like, yeah. where music came from. To understand where, like, so much music was, like, originating from and, like, why people consider them the greatest band. And I was like, I, so I tried listening to them and I was just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I think there was, I think that might have been the missing thing was, like, they, they were saying, look for pop from this, look for the bass, mm-hmm. which, and then now you're saying when you listen to it, it's just, fuck it. I'm going to listen. Exactly. And it was, and that was more having the experience and then taking what you want from it, not having like a predisposition of, all right, this is what pop is starting with. And then this is how it needs to be. Exactly. Yeah. That was how I, that's how, damn it, man. I got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just have to just throw yourself into it because, yeah. and once like, 
yeah, just just laying in bed and just listening. Like, I'll fall asleep to music all the time. Oh yeah. I wake up and I put headphones in, and then when I go to shower, I put my headphones away and I put on my speaker. <laughs> when I get out of the speaker when I get out of the shower. I turn off my speaker, and I clean out my ears and I put headphones back in, and then I go to class and then I mute Zoom and I play music and then uh, <laughs> I it's like I just yeah once it's bitten you it's like the bug does not go away yeah like it's just full like just claws in you i think the best thing to remember it's kind of um i've mentioned this on a podcast before um but i i've also started meditating i started meditating in the fall Mm -hmm. um but it's it's a similar thing like you have to 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 know what it's because like that's what i was saying about like the beatles like i know they're good but I don't know experientially that they're good. Yeah. I know. And it was something like, what do I, the, the biggest question is what do I have to lose time? Yeah. Like I know <laughs> it can, it's time worth having to use and attention on that, on that music. Um, and it's the same thing with, with like meditation is that, all right, let me dedicate 20 minutes, 10 minutes. And that's a shorter period of time. An album can be up to an hour to yeah. if depending on the album, you can have like a two hour album if you if you have find a long enough one. But True. one of those, you um you really have nothing to lose. Like now, let's say I don't like anything of what you suggested. Well, at least I know that, you know, it's right. better, it's better than saying, Well, I've heard the names, but that's it. Mm. And so I, I think for, for those listening, but also for me, I, I think I appreciate what you've, you've granted me is a remembrance that it's music, man. And it's, it's something that isn't going to hurt you. You know, they're not yeah. going to, doesn't bite your ear. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. music it's worth listening to. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I, I don't think there's any music that's not worth listening to. I think that it like, just like even if something is not to your taste or you know you you know people criticize music all the time but they don't so many times so many people don't really give it the chance to actually like breathe in them you know where they'll they'll listen to music and they're like oh you know like, i don't really know if i like that i was like well why don't you sit down with it and like really think about it because if you're just going to criticize it and be like oh this is garbage but not give somebody a real reason about like how it made you feel like why you didn't like it. Then, you know, what's the point in, in listening to music? What's the point in giving your opinion on it? Because if you're not going to put time into, into, into being, you know, serious about that. I mean, I don't, maybe that's just me. Uh, I think a lot of people try to, they, they tend to criticize things that they don't fully understand. And I, <laughs> but I mean, that's for sure. I think that's also fair. I, I I contradict myself a thousand times a day. No, I think I definitely agree with that though. I think, um, especially with music. I mean, it's music. Why not listen? You know, exactly. I mean, listen to four songs from a genre that you don't like, or listen to an album of a band from a genre that you don't like, or, or a, an artist or whatever, or a, mm-hmm. a, a thing from a genre you may not enjoy. And then, like you said, have a process of, of interpretation before just jumping to conclusions. I think that was something I, 
I definitely missed out on was I start a song and I go, nah, I don't like this. I don't like what it is. Yeah. It was just a skip and go on to back to my comfortable playlist, my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, And I think, and, and that's, it's like when people do that, um, I haven't done it in a while, but I think about it. I remember like you'll have that imposition of that, that first instinctive uh, interpretation of something. Mm-hmm. We're like, I don't like that. And that was, that was stupid. It's like, no, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just, run this back. Yeah. Well, let's relax for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it makes, but when people give those first glance opinions, they, it's almost like they're, they, they are the altruistic opinion. They mm-hmm. are what's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, that's not, no, clearly someone enjoys this. So exactly. they would beg Wouldn't to be. differ. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be music. It wouldn't be around if everyone hated it and if you were always right. Yeah. But true. true. Yeah. I mean, like, so many people that critique things are, are wrong. Like, it's like people look back on, you know, uh, like all the Zeppelin albums. Zeppelin albums were rated so terribly when they came out, they sold like crazy. But, you know, rock journalism was saying, oh, you know, it's, it's barely music. It's just, you know, they no couldn't voice. write a real song themselves. And people look back on it and be like, those are some of the greatest albums of the 20th century. Jeez. But, like, you know, I mean, there's no accounting for taste. But Yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of, um, that's the problem though actually also it's a beauty but it's also a huge problem with music is it's purely subjective so there's not one right answer but there's also like i don't know what the opposite of that is but if you give your opinion it only holds its ground in the singular place that you made that opinion it does not it does not it's a, it can influence other people's opinions. I mean, as your opinion of music has, has influenced mine um, and it probably will for the next couple of weeks as I'm seeing how many artists I have on this list. <laughs> but from there, I'm, I'm going to have this predisposition of, all right, Dino likes this. See what I think about it now. And then from there, I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to make a choice about how to not make a choice. I'm allowed to have, these feelings about them and then make a choice about how I want to go about them. Do I want to continue to listen to them? Do I want to stop listening to them? Do I want to tell more people about it? You know, it's a, it's a conundrum, but it's a good one to have. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's part of that's, I mean, I think some of the best parts about music and about art is sharing it with other people and, you know, finding any excuse, like anytime somebody's like, talking about something and I there's times where I'm like I need to hold myself back don't just spew music garbage onto somebody that doesn't want it but then like somebody they're like hey I'm looking for a recommendation I'm just like I've got 30 I can't <laughs> I can do because that's part of the fun for me so like I get to share it with somebody else incredible best mm-hmm. feeling ever because then when they like it it's like it's not only that you get to share something that you like you know it's also validating that you're liking something that's that's worthwhile, which I honestly is ridiculous because it's like I like something I should just like it because I like yeah. it. But it always feels so much better when you like somebody I like likes this as well. Mm-hmm. 
and it's music you know it's not like a hot topic it's music yeah you know it's nothing there's no no controversy to it it's it's worth having a little confirmation bias here and there a little ego booster being like oh yeah um i nailed it or like when you when you think you read somebody and you know you offer up something and they're like oh i haven't heard that try it and they like it and you're like I didn't saw even this person right. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I have a better understanding of this person because I'm like, I thought I understood what they would like and they did like it. So mm-hmm. I'm on the right track. Yeah. And just, you know, it's probably that that bring the most joy to me in terms of music, like music itself. Awesome. Yeah. But, but like just tickles my brain a thousand different ways. But sharing it with somebody else is just like, on the brain in a million more ways. dude it's a the human connection over music <sighs> that's a universal language dude that is okay. yes it is a universal language <laughs> yeah that's that's something um when i think about like what's the easiest way to connect with someone at a concert because you know oh you like this guy too fuck yeah how did you hear about him? And then you get into a whole ass conversation about their whole life if you wanted to. Yeah. Or you're um you're at a party and both of you you're spewing lyrics of this song and you're going ham on on something and you see someone else doing the same thing and you go, Oh, how did you? That's crazy. So do mm-hmm. I. Like it's even that small connection right there, but yeah. all the way to hey man. Do you like Led Zeppelin? Oh, I haven't really heard much of them, but uh, do you have any songs? And then you give them a few songs and then they listen and they go, huh, I kind of like this. And then you go, you're welcome. <laughs> and, right. and right there you can, and then you ask, and then you have a follow-up there. Like, how did that make you feel? And yeah. they go, Let me think on that. And they, they give you their interpretation. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to find more universal things like there's sports mm-hmm. the fact that we're both people that one's that's probably the base one yeah that one's probably yeah. the, the lowest level no honestly that one does get shredded quite often <laughs> frustrating um but then music really i think is probably the most easily applicable just conversation starter like not a starter but just it something comes of it a connection that mm-hmm. it's not fun. like it's you don't really see that with like art like i'm saying you know picture art yeah like visual art yeah, yeah. visual art yeah I keep forgetting that visual <laughs> art it's that that is there's there's some connection that can be found there there is a lot of connection but it's it's nowhere near music i think the universality of music the fact that you can just have a song playing on your phone, you could be sitting on the subway and your, your, your headphones disconnect and the music's playing aloud and someone goes, yo, I love that song. And right there you get into a conversation about the fact that this song that you were listening to is great. And the, why, like the context of whatever, like there's something about it. Maybe you're saying like, Oh, that solo is amazing. A drum yeah. solo and it's like right there even if the conversation ends and that's it and you go and you go yeah man and then back to the headphones on you just gained a happier person right there 
And that's yeah. way better than just going, nah, fuck that. Like there's that that little misery, the grunge. No, it's it's I think it's funny that like especially when compared with visual art, like you look at it and you see like this so many people they'll look at a piece of art and it will it won't mean anything to them. They won't have a personal connection to it because a lot of art needs to be deciphered in a way. Like not like music is often like a visceral experience where you hear it and you like you you either you know you want to cry you want to dance you want to laugh like you want to you want to move you want to sing you want you want to do something and you feel it like physiologically in your body and it's you're like, like multiple pressure points yeah and it's just are, like and it's, and it's different at different times and different yeah 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 and you can't help it incredibly nuanced so many different elements do because you know obviously like, there's the lyrics and the tonality and like but there's also like the actual music of it Mm. and the rhythms and all the and you know all those different things and if you hear it you cannot help the way that you feel when you hear it hear it but you can look at art and not feel anything you can look at visual art and not see and not see something yeah. but you can't do that with music and that is in itself an intimate uh interaction with yourself mm. having music affect you that way because even if you you know you experience you experience music in a way and then you're not really sure of how you feel in a moment and then as soon as you hear music it like hits you right in the stomach and it's like this is how you feel and you can't stop it you just had a really intimate emotional connection with yourself without even like without intention and then when somebody else recognizes the music that you're listening to or the music that you enjoy and they also enjoy it you kind of you're like you have it is an immediate emotional connection and like an intimate connection because you're like this is how it makes me feel you may like it for a different reason but i have such a tight like emotional connection to it that you have a connection to it as well because there's no music that people listen to that is just like well you know it's just there and just just in and my we head. all feel the same way about it all feel it you all feel something something yeah, something it's all different. different it's all different exactly and that like so that connection you make through music and it doesn't matter where you go in the world you play music somebody will be like oh cool like yeah. this or they'll you know just kind of bob their head along whether they've heard it or, or not or if it's with even you know anywhere near their their actual language they will be able to enjoy it they'll be able to appreciate it you know, he'll yeah. be able to, you know, live within that, within that music. And it was yeah, like, that, that realm mind. is like so indistinguishable from anything else. As in yeah. you, you just, like you were saying, you could play any, a song anywhere in the world and someone just sets their head bobbing, even though they have no idea what the, what the, the instruments are or <clears throat> what the lyrics have. But they just go, I, I like what, like, there's a base level. You can trim down to, like, rhythm and the tone. And even those two, yeah. it just, you find, like, oh, this works. Or the fact yeah. that the fact that there's a harmony somewhere, they go, that hit, that hit me somewhere. Kind of like, and they'll huh. the up and you're kind yeah. of like, oh, you hear that as well. Yeah, yeah, there's, 
Yeah, there's that that misses, I think, with visual art. Um, I think there's the one thing about visual art is that it doesn't change. Once it's there, it's there. You know, I mean, I guess it depends on what your visual art is. Like if you're watching a movie or um there's light shows, that's different, but I'm saying classical canvas art. Yes. Um I think one thing about um the sensation of art <clears throat> that I uh was thinking about a lot and I've it's 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 made more and more sense is if you have like two uh, quantifications of art, I would say you have the the skill, you know, what, what it is and the intricacy of that. And then there's not even intricacy, but quality of image. Mm-hmm. And then there's context, you know, the background. And I think over time it was on my left, very high skill, uh, trying to portray reality, trying to portray something in the most like perfect way. Yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that contemporary art doesn't have lacks skill, but I would, but just if you hear me out and then there's less context in that case, you know, you have like natural scenes and you're like, Oh, this is a place in France. That's it now. Mm-hmm. Or like there's a battleground and there's a fight going on and that's it. There's like a, a scene from a time period. Yeah. And now it's, yeah, exactly. But now it's changed more. So the art has become contextualized. Yeah. A lot more contextualized. So something like I went um, freshman year, I went to uh, the MoMA museum of modern art in uh, New York. And uh, we saw a bunch of like very well-regarded paintings, very well-regarded pieces of art. And one of them was, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name. It's like Madame de Mademoiselle, I think is what it is. It's a Picasso. It's a big painting. I think it's like 10 feet by eight feet or something. And um, it's, uh, I can't remember the, the, the specific style, but it's, it's, it's three, three or four, maybe five women standing and they're kind of naked, kind of dressed um, in, a, in a room. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but their faces are distorted. Their bodies are like, you, you can tell that there's people, but you could yeah. almost say that they're men. Like you could say anything. You could say mm-hmm. whoever, you could say that they're aliens for all, you know, they're just a body and a face that isn't really a face. And they could be standing around. There's someone, there's like, there's a lot of context there that you're trying to make sense of. And, mm-hmm. and even there, that like I sat when we were there, I sat there for the longest time. I sat in front of it for like, I would say 45 minutes staring at this thing, just looking across it, trying to make sense of it. Um, not make sense of it, but trying to try to make sense of what I'm trying to feel here. Because at first I was like, this guy just messed up. <laughs> and, then, and then it was, hold on a minute. There's something here that there, there's a point to it. And that's something that art gives us is like, you can sit and at the first moment versus the next 10 minutes versus 30 minutes versus two hours versus a day of looking at the same thing, those feelings change. And sometimes they build on themselves. Sometimes they go back and they say, screw that. I think this is totally different from what I originally thought. Um, I think art 
uh, yeah, art grants us the, the opportunity of change and reframing and recontextualization and all these things. But it's still, to me, just a whole different sensation from music in that it's less raw. There's a rawness to music is, is that music, it changes, yes, as in the song starts and it ends, but the song is the song. Once you've heard the whole song, you're going you're gonna to find new things. So you can hear a song, like I was saying about Little Wing, I can hear a song and hear that song many times and find a new aspect of that song that I totally appreciate. But with generally with music, you have the song and that's it. And the same thing goes with paintings and, and general uh, visual art. It's a finished piece, yeah. Exactly, it's a finished piece. But the moment that you, now that the more I think about this, the more they're actually connected. But like when you hear a song, you know, you're, you're going through a, a, a pathway of feeling. So the first 10 seconds of that song are going to make you different from the first, from the next 45 seconds. And then from the next two minutes mm -hmm. um, versus the same kind of thing for when you look at a painting and you see it and then you relook at it and then you leave and you come back and then you see something new that you didn't notice before. Um, I mean, that's the beauty of general art as it is. It's mm -hmm. totally subjective and it keeps changing as it is. But I think what music does Honestly, I just think it's the fact that it's sound. <laughs> I think, I think a sound it can it can just exist anywhere. It can exist yeah. anywhere, and it can it can be whoever however it is. You can show a picture of the of a painting to someone, and they just will not understand unless they're really there and getting a sense of it. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what I was trying to say was the the contradiction, not contradictions, but a like a the yeah comparison of uh, of art or like visual art versus music um but i would say the more i spoke that out the more i realized there's a huge similarities um, I mean, that's why it's all considered art as opposed to being you know one is just paintings and one is just music you yeah. wrap those underneath art because it's all expression and it's all and it's all connected in its own way mm -hmm. yeah man Ah, well, it's 10.30, jeez. So it's 12.30 for you? Yeah, just hitting 12.29. Yeah. Uh, half hour of the game starts. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'll be awake for it. I'm trying. Yeah, you look really tired. You look like you hit a wall when I was talking about that. <laughs> I had my Red Bull way too early this morning. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that'll get yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you drink on a Wednesday. <laughs> college man i mean it's not even college like uh, it's just being at home like being well not being at home but like not having to go to a class because my schedule like i don't have anything thursday friday saturday sunday jesus actually i'm gonna have practice friday which is gonna be blessed that'll be nice yeah rugby yeah beauty gonna be a good time but Usually, I don't have anything on, so yeah. it's like Wednesday night. I'm like, it's Friday night. We'll have <laughs> classes for the next two days. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck do you want from me, man? I'm drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help you. Exactly. Like I am 
I mean, I couldn't help you in the first place, but now I really can. <laughs> I definitely can't help you. Yeah. You know, still try, but don't don't believe anything I say. Yeah. I just had a note I just looked at. Um, I, I wrote this a while ago, but um, interesting. So I wrote down, seems like interpretation has been opened up more over time. So the portrayal of universal reality has changed to individual reality. What do you think of that? Ooh, that's a hefty one. Uh, I mean, I would agree. I would, I would say that, um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people are very hyper aware of everybody. And it's kind of like they're hyper aware of every other person around them, especially like with social media and being able to experience all these people all the time. And you are aware of what the mob likes and what the mob wants. So a lot of people, they understand things a certain way, but they will mold things to the universal understanding because that's, I mean, from like historical precedent, like that's the safest thing to do. It's like, you know, if the tribe, if the pack is moving off one way, you're not going to say, oh, well, you know, I don't agree with that. You're going to go, well, I'm going with them because I'm not going to, you know? And I think they, it's, as opposed to being left out in the cold and in the wilderness, you're just socially ostracized. If you hold that, that different understanding and hold that different view. And for the longest time, that's the way it was. But I think we're giving way. This is how kind of social media technology is a double-edged sword because for the longest time it was like, you were hyper aware of of the mob of the universal understanding and you fed into it and then now you're hyper aware of everybody but you're also aware of people that understand things the way that you do and it gives people more freedom to be open about their understanding so they'll see something and they'll be like i see it this way if and if that's radical they'll find one other person or 15 other people or 15,000 other people that see things exactly the way they do. And then they're like, okay, well now I have this new, like I have people that I, that think like me. So I feel comfortable deviating from the mob. So like you have that moment where it's like along the, the main highway of, of, you know, so of social understanding, you have people, you still have the majority of, of people driving down that same way but there's still like the collectors where people can turn off and they can go different directions and more people and more people are turning off the main highway. And it's similar to what we saw in like in the fifties with, you know, with certain styles of writing that were, you know, discouraged becoming popularized with the beat movement. And then, moving into the sixties with, you know, flower power and people as opposed to, um, you know, kind of religious organizations having a really heavy hand on media and the consumption of media, 
you have people that are moving in a secular direction where they they report on the things that's interesting. So they see, oh, there's this new movement of trying things a different way. Let's go and let's look at them. And let's, you know, let's report on them. And then people see that and they're like, oh, there's somebody that thinks like me. And then they peel away from the main highway. Yeah. And I think the same thing's happening now as it was then. It's just a different way now, I think. Exactly. I think um, the way people I, see it. Yeah. Damn. That's true. <laughs> Not true necessarily, but that's a, I understand that, that uh, interpretation very much. So um, I think like one thing that's for sure uh, I'm reading this book called the evening in the morning, highly recommend phenomenal. I mean, it's really long, but it's like easy read mm-hmm. and um, it's set in the dark ages and it's like, there's a set hierarchy, you know? And if you're just a builder, you're a builder. There is no social movement. You exactly. know? And so if you are a builder and you disagree with what the king has to say, you're getting your nuts chopped off or you're getting killed. Like you're getting something, yeah. some punishment comes from that. Yeah. So there was, there's a level of fear there. There's a level of like, I just have to follow the pack and it's also convenient. So I'm just gonna. Yeah. Um, but now I think with, there's a lot of, Oh, mobility. That's social mobility. There wasn't a lot of that. There's a lot more social mobility, but there's also a lot of social expression or ability to have that expression. And so um, with that, the individual became more, although with like postmodernism, I don't want to get into that. That seems like, (laughs) that seems like anti-individual. That's a whole other thing right there. I do understand what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) But with um i think i think one element of it is that the mob is fucking massive now yeah. we have 7 billion people almost 8 billion i, mean, I don't know how what the I number is 8 billion now fucking 8 billion people on this earth <laughs> that's huge so when there is there is probably not even when there is probably not one consistent like majority thought now maybe Maybe hmm. you exist. That might be like the, cons- <laughs> that, that might be like a universal truth. Oh, whoa, whoa. That's a, hey, that's man. Stretch. Uh, <laughs> you might just be a construct. You uh, might be don't, pushing it. <laughs> don't step your boundary construct, man. <laughs> There's a line so, so here. <laughs> but, but know, yeah, but no, but even that, like there is probably someone who disagrees with that. So, with that, there is so much, like so many highways, so yeah. many. There's like probably a hundred main highways, and then another like semi-main highways, and then another semi that, and so so like so much flowering of of a diverse interpretation yeah. of existence. That yeah, it's it's a weird thing that like what I was saying about universal reality versus like individual reality, you know, back then there's like portraits and they're classical paintings. There's, you Mm -hmm. know, portraits, there's scenes of a place or of a natural scene or of anything, a a town, whatever it may be. And then it developed into how can I make this interesting? You know, there's different types of um, 
you know, paint. And then there's, you know, drawings, and pastel and this, that, and the different um, materials and whatnot. And then it changed. And now it's changed generally into more of a, this is how I see the world look. And it will be like a red line on a white canvas. Yeah. And it's like, this means, and then there's this fucking essay next to it that, me, that has this whole interpretation of what it is or whole explanation mm-hmm. of what they thought. And so now my problem with that is, is that now there's so many words explaining this thing that you have now you're predisposed to what you're supposed to be seeing to what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like what you were saying with the Beatles, like your friends would tell you like, this is how pop started. And you're like, I don't know. And then you actually listened to it and had your own disposition to it. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it really resonated with you. Yeah. And less explanation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just creating your own. Yeah, I guess your own individual reality. That's yeah. the best way to put it. <laughs> you did hit that. Yeah, I had some time to think about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right, man. You look tired. I don't want to yeah, keep you on I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing the plot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, man. If I you ever do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. When I just just chat at some point exactly, too. yeah keep this Call going anytime. <laughs> yeah absolutely man all right man well enjoy your work thank you and good luck with school and, and Thanks, rugby buddy. and whatnot appreciate it yeah all right have a good night's sleep man you got more work tomorrow Thanks. morning <laughs> yes sir <laughs>